everyone, my name is Sienna Boyd and we are back in the Choose Health studio at Rancho Family Medical Group. We are actually joined with Dr. Susan Banawa, who is a board certified geriatrician um, and she practices out of Sun City. So today we're going to be discussing preventative medicine. I know that's a huge topic, especially as a geriatrician. So mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about some of the things like the screenings that you've heard of? You know, mm -hmm. we talk about mammograms colonoscopies, but what are some other things that we should be screening for? I think one of the biggest things that tends to be a little bit overlooked because it's not as mainstream or really advertised or out in kind of general knowledge is a lot of people are really good about getting their breast cancer screening, yeah. their colon cancer screening. And I think that the um, one of the things that falls by the wayside is bone density screening. Interesting. And so when you talk about bone density screening, this is the DEXA scan, and it's such an overlooked part of health that we really are trying to bring more awareness to it. Okay, so what is bone density screening? So when you say that, what kind of bone density issues is someone having as they progress in age? So as you collect more birthdays, so your bones are constantly being broken down and built back up. So you have okay. the builders and then you have the breakdown component. Okay. So you have your osteoblasts that are building up your bone and then you have your osteoclasts that are breaking it down. And over time there can be an imbalance where you aren't keeping up to rebuilding the bone that you've lost. And so the biggest okay. players, especially as we get older, is just not being as active, not as much weight-bearing exercise. And so the bones actually need some stress and some force on them to continue to remodel and stay strong. And so when we talk about, you know, one of the most important things you can do for your health as you get older is lifting weights, weight-bearing exercise. So a lot of people wow. are really good about doing their walks and swimming yeah. and, you know, their Zumba or, you know, all mm -hmm. of these things. But it's also really important to not neglect the weight-bearing exercises. So wow. lifting weights, putting that force on your bones really helps it regenerate and stay strong. Okay. And so why do we care about the bones staying strong? That's a great question. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> so the biggest thing is we're trying to reduce the risk of a fragility fracture. So what's okay. a fragility fracture? A fragility fracture is a break in the bone, whether it's uh, you know in a vertebra in the back, if it's the hip or a bone in the wrist, that's sustained as the result of a low velocity trauma. So not a okay. high velocity trauma like you're in a car accident, but a low velocity trauma like you trip and fall and you try to catch yourself by you know mm. falling okay. on an outstretched hand and then you end up with a wrist fracture. Right. Or you, you know, you're getting up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you trip on something on the floor and you fall and you happen to break your hip. Okay. So these fractures are very debilitating and they're devastating yeah. injuries to have because there's a lot of recovery that comes hip fractures in general, if you look at the mortality several years out, there's, you know, it's over a 30% mortality because people wow. can get so many complications from being in the hospital with a hip fracture. Sure. And so one of the really straightforward things that we like to do as a screening study is we like to send you for a bone density scan. So okay. what a bone density scan is, is it's kind of a more sophisticated x-ray. Okay. We're looking at the density of the bones in the lower spine and in the hip. Okay. And what we're looking for is where you fall compared to what would be an average or a zero. And okay. so we kind of hold you to this middle marker. If your bone is less dense than the standard, then you get a negative value for your bone okay. density. So we're talking about the T-score here. Okay. And so if your T-score is you know, less than that zero, but it's greater than minus 2.5, 
you're in this osteopenia range, which is pre-osteoporosis. Okay. If you're less than 2.5, then you fall into the osteoporosis range. Okay. And here is where your risk of a fragility fracture is really high. If you're in this osteopenic range, which is this pre-osteoporosis, then what we do is we calculate your FRAC score, which is your overall risk of fracture given all of your other health markers. Okay. And so if you're osteopenic with a high FRAC score, or if you've ever fractured at any point in time, then we treat you as essentially being osteoporotic. Wow, okay. And so what that means is we would want to use medicines to help strengthen your bones to okay. lower the risk of having a fracture down the line. Now, are there specific medications you would um, prescribe? Are there mm -hmm. supplements? Or, yeah, tell us about what one would take. Right. So anybody who is above the age of 65, especially women who are postmenopausal. Okay. The most important thing to understand about bone health is that you your body needs the basic building blocks to be able to restructure and reframe the bone. So what are okay. these building blocks? We're talking about calcium, vitamin D, okay. and magnesium. So these are the okay. three main players. So for calcium, what we're hoping for is a total dose of about 1200 milligrams. That's combined between your diet and your supplementation. Wow. So okay. if you're somebody who does a good job with your dairy, you're eating full fat cheese, whole milk, or whatever that looks like, then you take what you're eating from your diet and then you supplement to reach the 1200. Okay. If you're someone who can't really tolerate dairy in any capacity, then you would need a higher supplementation dose. Okay. And so calcium is always good. A lot of calcium comes formulated with vitamin D because they're so interdependent on each other. Wow, okay. So I've the, seen that, like on milk, it says yeah, vitamin D included. Fortified in, with yeah. you know, vitamin D because it really helps with the overall metabolism and the overall bone health. Right. For vitamin D, Interestingly enough, even though we're in California, a large majority of our population is vitamin D deficient, despite the massive amounts of sun exposure that we that have. That surprises me. And a lot of it is, you know, we do take measures for sun protection. A lot of our patients yeah. have had scares with cancers or precancers of the skin. Sure. It's general good health to wear sunscreen when you're going out, longer of clothing, course. hats. And so vitamin D supplementation is probably your best bet. Okay. Where else would one get or, vitamin D aside from the sun? Does it come really, in foods you know, or is A it... lot of foods are fortified with vitamin okay. D. You could find orange juice that's fortified. You had alluded to previously milk, milk is fortified. Yeah. But a lot of the times vitamin D specifically, um, you just do better with vitamin D supplementation. Okay. Most of our patients who are vitamin D deficient typically need about 2,000 international units a day if your vitamin D is profoundly low. And this is a blood test we can order for you in the clinic oh, and okay. kind of see what dose is correct for you. If you're profoundly low, you may need, low, you may need 5,000 international units wow, per day. Okay. So a good, I think, a good general dose just for supplementation for overall bone health is usually about 2,000 international okay. units per day with the calcium. It's also really important to understand that calcium and magnesium are also really important together. Yeah. Magnesium is vital for both bone and muscle health. And okay. a lot of people are magnesium deficient, but they don't really realize it because it's not really one of those hype things to check and to kind of look into. And so it's really important to understand with magnesium that there's different forms of magnesium and oh, it does okay. different things in the body. Interesting. And so magnesium citrate, we use a lot for constipation. It does cause diarrhea. And okay. so when you're using magnesium citrate, that's not a magnesium form that you wanna be using to supplement a magnesium deficiency. That's a form of magnesium that you're using to treat constipation. So you have to be careful okay, because it's available over the counter. Um, Choose your for, magnesium wisely. Yes. <laughs> Watch the magnesium. Um, far and away for magnesium deficiency, mm -hmm. 
forms for supplementation that can be really well absorbed by the body and really um, easily accessed is magnesium glycinate or chelated magnesium. Okay. But they're a little bit more difficult to find. Okay. And so a lot of people um, will either go to a health store or um, just look specifically for those forms that you can order them off of the internet. If you're using magnesium for migraine headache prophylaxis or trying to decrease the frequency of migraine headaches, mm -hmm. usually magnesium oxide is a good bet, around 400 milligrams daily. Um, I had a, a physical medicine and rehabilitation physician at the VA who would put all of his patients on magnesium. And so okay. the question is always, well, what's the dose? And so he would say the dose of magnesium is you start slowly, you keep taking it until you get diarrhea, then you back off a little oh, bit. And that's fair. the dose of the magnesium. <laughs> okay. So everyone's gonna be a little bit different in terms Definitely. of how much magnesium they can tolerate. You're not looking for diarrhea, but you're looking for, you know, stools that are easy to pass. But the magnesium itself, if you can't tolerate it orally, you can also do, you know, Epsom salt soaks and get your magnesium oh, sure. transdermally. And so a lot of people um, like to do that instead. They'll just take okay. a bath in Epsom salts and then some of that magnesium is absorbed and then it helps them with that. Now is magnesium something that you can eat enough of in your nutrition or how would somebody get magnesium? It's, it's really hard to okay. get, you know, dietary magnesium. And I think especially with transdermal or through the skin supplementation with the Epsom salt baths, even if you can't tolerate it orally, you have a good way to do it. Okay. I love using magnesium for sleep. It's very calming. It has yeah. very relaxing properties. And so there are a lot of calming teas that contain magnesium as yeah. well, which can be really helpful. Okay. So what I'm hearing is you need magnesium, vitamin D mm -hmm. and calcium and yes. those three together make this beautiful concoction yeah, to so, aid in maybe hopefully present, preventing yeah, so some those, osteoporosis? Those are, I think, kind of stage one when okay. we're talking about bone health. Okay. And then if you truly have osteoporosis or osteopenia or you're fractured in the past or you have a high frac score, then you have to level up to the prescription medications. Okay. And so when we're talking about the prescription medications, there are general classes of them that we use and some may be right for you and some may be not the best fit. And so, you okay. know, class-wise, we use bisphosphonates, which is basically a class of medication that helps slow down the breakdown process so your body can catch up. There's um, antibodies that we use, like, you know, um, that are infusions or injectables. Okay. And then there's parathyroid hormone analogs. So it's a lot of shop talk for saying different yeah. types of medicines that are right for different types of patients. Okay. And so talk to your doctor about which one's appropriate for you given all your other medical conditions. But if you're in that osteopenic range, or if you've ever had a fracture at any point in time that was a low velocity trauma, you're somebody who should really be thinking about what can I do down the line to prevent fractures in the future. Okay. So we have you know, the supplements, prescription medications, and then also really, really important is working on your balance and your core strength. Okay, and how would you suggest some of your older patients work on their balance or core mm -hmm. strength? So I think that straight out of the gate, the best thing to do is some sort of physical activity, whatever okay. that looks like for you. At Rancho Family, as part of our senior center, when we have classes, we have balance classes, which is great. You know, we have yoga classes, which also work on stabilizing mm -hmm. your core and really help with balance when you're holding those certain mm -hmm. positions. The other thing that is really important is individualized physical therapy, individualized balance assessments. And so I have a lot of patients who, let's say they've had a fall or something has happened or they're just not as steady on their feet. The value of a good physical therapist who can mm -hmm. do a balance and gait assessment and give you strategies on how to transfer, how to get up, how to move, how to walk 
it's such a great thing to do. And a lot of our patients don't realize that that's something that's available to them just sure. as a physical therapy referral through their doctor. And wow. so that's really important. Um, I think overall, a lot of um, patients kind of fall into the trap of, I'm having balance problems. Let me get a cane or a walker. There's actually a lot of wow. thought and evaluation that goes into picking the correct ambulatory assist device. Wow, that is so interesting. I know I would never think that. I would be one of those people who would say, oh, but I'm not walking that well. Maybe I should just grab somebody to assist me rather than, right. hey, maybe there's something I can do to help prevent it getting worse. Right. Maybe there's something even better for me that'll help me walk even better. Right. So that's so, where you want to consult your physician. Absolutely. So okay. generally speaking, certain types of canes are better for pain than for balance. Oh, okay. Certain types of walkers are better for certain types of imbalances. So everybody okay. kind of likes the roll eater walker. It's the four wheel walker with the seat. It's super fancy, yeah. you can put things in it. But you have to have really good balance and core strength to be able to use that safely. Okay. A lot of the times the roll eater walkers tend to slip away from people, oh, especially wow. if yeah. they don't have a good center of balance and it actually can predispose to injury. And so part of the functional assessment that you can do with a good physical therapist is they can have you try different types of assist devices and see which one is safest for you nice. before versus kind of just, oh, my neighbor had an extra one of these and she gave it to me or my son noticed that I was walking more slowly so he picked up a cane mm. for me. So we use different things to overcome different boundaries to ambulation sure. and I think it's really important to have somebody who can really watch you, watch the way that you walk and make the recommendations on that basis. That I would never have known that was something mm -hmm. that you could do or even be referred to yeah. um, from your primary care. So that's pretty mm -hmm. awesome. Well, thank you so much just for joining us and educating us even more about preventative health. I think that's something that we all need, just need to know as we get older and yeah. um, especially if we have older parents or older Yes, and it's so important to keep up with your preventative health. Definitely. Balance and bone density screening is just one of the facets of you know, your overall health. And so Definitely. it's one thing that, you know, make sure you schedule your annual physical, make sure you're doing your mm -hmm. routine visits. We can't do everything in one time, but we can slowly build over time to a picture of optimal health. Definitely. Thank you so much, Dr. Banawa, for being with us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Always.